What's up, geeks? My name is Kev. This is the Geek-Centric Podcast, and today we're coming at you like a finely tailored suit because this is our spoiler-free quick-fire review for The Kingsman, and we're doing it with style. Joining me today, he's as reliable as a double wins or not, because when he has his camera, he always gets the perfect shot. It's <laughs> Jayla. How are you today, my good sir? No matter what it is, you can always make it rhyme, eh? It's just wins or not, shot, like, damn. Bravo. I, co- I come packing the heat, man. What can I say? Awesome. Very much like this movie, I guess. Well, yes, and speaking of coming in hot, we are coming in hot with our spoiler-free review of The Kingsman, which is an upcoming period action spy film directed by Matthew Vaughn from a screenplay by Vaughn and Carl Gadjusik. The third installment in the Kingsman film series, which is based on the comic book The Secret Service by Mark Miller and Dave Gibbons, uh, the film serves as a prequel to 2014's Kingsman The Secret Service and 2017's Kingsman The Golden Circle. The film features an ensemble cast that includes Ray Fiennes, Gemma Artenton, Reese Iffins, Matthew Good, Tom Hollander, Harris Dickinson, Daniel Bruhl, Jimon Honsu, and Charles Dance. The Kingsman is scheduled to be released on December 22nd, 2021. And of course, we have to give a huge thanks to Disney for giving us early access to this movie so we can give you our thoughts and let you know if it's worth checking out when it does hit theaters. Uh, now, Just, I think it's safe to say we were both fans of the first two Kingsman movies starring Colin Firth and Taron Egerton. Um, but were you excited to go back in time and see where the well-dressed secret spies got their start? Uh, that's that's a tricky question because we know from these kind of movies there's always that prequel where they go back and look at how things came to be. And that doesn't always work out. So I had lower expectations with that in mind though i was pleasantly surprised with uh what we got here i think that it had the right balance of of storytelling and action and i think you know we were discussing as we were kind of leaving the theater just how how connected and not connected to the kingsman franchise it it feels like it's more of an origin story to how the organization right comes to be rather than characters that we might be familiar with from the series uh, well, I, I think that's exactly it. I mean, first of all, I think anybody who listens regularly knows I'm not the biggest fan of prequels. Yes. And so the fact that you're taking Colin Firth and Taron Edgerton out of the series and they had just such great chemistry on screen, if you didn't have Ray Fiennes sort of driving this as the centerpiece star of the movie, I don't think I would have been very interested at all. Uh, but fortunately, with him in it, I, I did have a little bit of interest just because I, I did like the first two movies so much. Right. Uh, but you're right. The reason this works as a prequel is it's, it's, a, it's telling a new story. It has yeah. nothing to do with the other movies in terms of the characters yeah. and the events of those movies that we've already seen play out. And so that gives it this an air of originality and, and uncertainty that makes it work and, and worth investing in, I think. Yeah, like and when we look at some of the timelines, we think it's over a hundred years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Since since some of the, some of the events that they're they're talking about, I think our first date stamp is 1902. To, to be that removed from the original series to help build out, I guess, this world. Again, I liked the other two. I, I enjoyed the first one more than the second one. I would say that, and I think a lot of people would. But that being said, I think that 
what this movie does really well is it keeps a lot of that really high octane action, but it kind of also delivers on a story here and tries to really anchor it with some emotional weight uh, and just to give it a little bit more of a uh, impact as to how the Kingsman came to be. Oh, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, you talk a bit about the story and I think for the first 30 minutes or so, it struggles a little to yeah. to figure out what story it's trying to tell. I think there's a lot that it needs to set up in order for the story to really start yeah. to, to get momentum. And so, yeah. again, 30 minutes in, I was thinking, I don't know if this movie works. But by the end of it, I was like, man, did that work. I love the cast they sort of assemble throughout the movie. And I can't yeah. wait to see... Uh, hopefully a lot of them come back for a second edition, honestly. I mean, I'm surprised I want to see another Kingsman in this timeline. But I think it goes back to what you were saying. It's so removed. It, it, it just feels like it has the nuances and the inspiration of the series that we, we know and we appreciate. And it, it's just, it has no connection at this point to to any of the characters from that series. But yeah, going on your, your note about, about pacing, yeah, I think... You know, the only dislike or the only issue I had was 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 pacing. And I know that that seems very broad in general to just say, but I think narrative choices that were made for the story, whether it be convoluted or whether it be really simple and like, there's your fix. All of it was was surrounded by really wicked action pieces that really helped make this movie that much more enjoyable. Absolutely. And what I liked about the action is that, I mean, there's a terrific scene about halfway through the movie uh, takes place right on the battlefield of World War One, yeah. And it's so different to that iconic church scene. Yeah. In, in, in that, and that one is loud and in your face and really, really, you know, extreme. Whereas this was one of the coolest action scenes I've ever seen just because of it had to be the opposite of that. It was subtle. It was almost silent. And it was such a cool spin yeah. on an action scene. Yeah. And it's, it's a nice nod to, as you said, the, the first one. Um, but yeah, you know, just kind of executing those techniques of, of what Matthew Vaughn does really well and how he's able to orchestrate the camera through the action scenes. Like you get some crazy angles here, like some, some really cool like POV style shots. I want to call really... I want to call the one sword cam. That yeah. was neat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like a sword cam view. That was that was really cool and like just how it's integrated, right? Like it's, you know, they're just quick cuts into it and and stuff like that. So, you know, again, I I think that when it comes to the action in this film, it's it's incredible. I was I was blown away at how epic it was. I really enjoyed it. Certainly, and I always like uh, you know um, historical set movies, and and I think it was it was such a different sort of era that we're looking at here. Mm -hmm. Other than the 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 Kingsman theme that runs throughout sure. this, that sort of ties it to the first one, and our beloved um, Kingsman suit shop. It's all new locales. It's all new scenery, uh, settings. And so that really does help to give it its own identity separate as, from the other two movies. For sure. And it's definitely not as futuristic, right? It's definitely, like you said, it's a period piece. It takes, takes place during World War One. And with that, yeah, you, know, you, you don't get any of the fancy gadgets that we get in the in the the new ones. Yeah. No, and that's and that actually like, you know, again, to the credit of those movies, that's kind of a crutch for them is being able to you know lean on some flashy tech especially for the espionage films right like you know the mission impossibles the bonds we we know that right um 
But, you know, again, just going back to the period elements and focusing it in World War One, you know, this felt more of like a, a war movie with espionage rather than I think the past movies that felt more espionage. Right. So this this was this had factors. This had uh, weight to it that was more on a global scale that was, I guess, tangible, because obviously the scenarios that we've dealt with in the past uh, Kingsman movies, they've been situational. We obviously know this is based on actual history. So it's interesting to play with like figures like Rasputin, played by Reese Iffens. It was weird, man. There is a very strange scene in this movie involving him um, yeah. that I'm yeah. still not sure quite how that's, I feel and that's, about it. And that's, and that's where I come from, from the angle of saying like there was just some narrative choices that I don't know if I necessarily thought were the best. It's kind of like Sam Raimi. That when we were talking about him, it's like taste. Matthew Vaughn knows how to do action set pieces and, you know, orchestrate that and, and, and weave a story into it. But sometimes he might lean in a direction. It's just like, I don't know. Is that really in, in good taste? Like, you know. <laughs> well, and, and, I, and I found this one and it's not necessarily a detriment, but this is the least uh, comedic of the three movies, I think. Sure. The, there's a lot less humor in this. This is far more of a. Uh, almost like a drama in in a lot of ways. Um, but the scene in question that we're talking about, I think, was an attempt at humor, and I'm just not sure who that was really targeted for. I was laughing out of awkwardness. Yes, I was it laughing was out of awkwardness. Right? Awkward. Like it was yeah. like, okay, this can end now, you know. <laughs> but 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 again, going back to where the, uh, the 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 time that this movie takes place, it's such a brilliant idea to take these real life actual historic events and show us sort of the behind the scenes of that of, of a twist, you know, things yeah. going on and, and everything yeah. like that um but you know you mentioned how you think you thought some of the the pacing um struggled a bit and this is kind of where that really um is is noticeable and i think you almost need to have a background in history of World War One to, to sort of know who these real yes. life characters they're talking oh, yeah. about are, you know, with Franz oh, yeah. Ferdinand and yeah, yeah, and yeah. King George and I was, everything I like was, that. I was like I was like leaning back into my middle school, high school history and knowledge, whatever was there, and remembering the events and obviously the take and twists on it, um, based on on obviously the the sort of fictional Kingsman narrative. But I I, I think that they did a good job, like you said, to kind of take something that was tangible for the audience that does exist in history and put their own twist on it and make it fit for for their world. So I, I think it was smart. I think it makes a lot of sense because obviously the Kingsman, the other two stories, like we mentioned, you know, they, they dealt with more situations that I guess that were, you know, very espionage, world global catastrophe kind of things. Right. But this is full out global war uh world war one right so absolutely and now i think the standout performance is our lead uh actor here and that's ray fines i think he's he was terrific he did such a great job of making this part of the franchise his own um and he absolutely killed it and and uh, you know i think uh jimon hansu and um Gemma arterton uh, apologies for the the pronunciations there. I think they did a really good job as sort of being his sidekicks and bringing a little bit of levity to his more serious tone. Yeah. Uh, you know that he that he brings forward. They, they were the emotional rock to him, right? Especially with what he goes through. So I think that I think that that helps ground him in his in what his focus needs to be. So I think that that was good. But other than that, to your to your point, finds really does carry this movie it's kind of funny because he's obviously m in bond 
And here he has that, you know, very similar demeanor, but he's more hands on with his action, obviously, as well, you know, as you see. But, you know, it's it's kind of like a, a take on, you know, if M was Bond, you know what I mean? Like, it's just it's an interesting well, that's a sort fun of spin. Yeah. Right. Like, it, you know, this is this is like a, a lateral role for him. Right. And that he's it's sort of connected to a character he's already played. The, again, and going back to the only other outstanding performance, as weird and bizarre as it was, was Reese Iffins. I think he was I think he really does like lean into his role you know especially in that scene that we were talking about where it's just it gets a little weird but he 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 was a fun time he was a really interesting character and, and, and almost unrecognizable for him you know 100 percent. i didn't i didn't realize it was him until after he's he's a really talented actor i think that like again this just kind of highlights his chameleon nature uh, to his acting of how he can really embody and become uh, another character yeah, for me, he'll always be the uh, cigarette-smoking field goal kicker from the Keanu Reeves movie, The Replacements. Um, and that's not fair to him because, like you said, he is actually a really, really he'll, great actor. He'll always be the roommate in uh, Notting Hill. Oh, fantastic in that as well. Yeah, sitting there in his <laughs> underwear. Absolutely, absolutely. He was like, he was like British Kramer. <laughs> yeah, certainly. And uh, again, a huge shout out to Jimon uh, Hansu. There's there's a scene where something happens to one of the characters and Jimon uh, reacts along with the character. And it's such a powerful performance because he doesn't say a word, but you can feel all of the emotions that he's going through with this character. I just thought it was it was the the most profound moment of acting in that movie mm -hmm. and again he didn't say a single word which is such a it's a huge uh, you know accomplishment yeah no i totally agree and i also think that you know hansu brought a lot of action like he's known for 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 being able to bring the action and the intensity and he, he did not skip a beat and you know with that too it's like it was really surprising at times to see ralph fines just really lean into these action scenes right well, and speaking of uh, Rafe doing uh, the action scenes, I mean, he, we're, we're talking about a 60-year-old man here. I would love to find out just how much of those action scenes he does because, you know, either he is the most spry 60-year-old in the, in the world or they've done a terrific job of making him look like he is. Yeah, I, I think it's probably a mix of both, right? Because with, with, definitely with camera work and, you know, speed ramping and stuff like that, you can make things look slow fast right and with some smoothing and motion blur like there's all sorts of different editing techniques but that's not to say that like i think it's become a habit in some of these big budget films to uh you know cgi the actor's face onto a stunt double's face for the sake of of just making it look that much more real we've we've talked about sort of noticing that in other instances and i wouldn't be surprised if if that was the case here i think it would be fairly easy to do especially with the camera work and how fast it is right and how it just is constantly moving and stuff like that so they can really hide some of those little trick edits there absolutely yeah and and you know as i've mentioned uh, the the action is different from the other two mm -hmm. movies it's it's almost a, a bit more realistic because of the limitations yep. of the technology, technology that they would have available to them and and but again I, the action really doesn't even start to to kick off until about halfway through this movie there's very little in that first half where it's more of a narrative structure setting all of the people yeah. and and places in motion which again like i think kingsman the, the golden circle it kicked off with a lot of action and i think that that was it, it the, the, the thing that i kind of didn't like is that it was all about that spectacle of the action 
over narrative here it was kind of like a return for to form for him where he was able to tell a story and have the action accent that story that he's telling rather than it just be the the anchor or the focus so you know he's he's he does great work and he has done a, a ton of great work so it's to be expected this is you know when you watch it you 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 get the sense yeah this is matthew vaughn Perfect. Well, uh, I think that sort of sums up our thoughts. Do we want to move along to uh, our final thoughts, our summaries, and maybe a score? Sure. Uh, today we are going to be ranking the Kingsman out of five Purple Hearts. Ooh, five Purple Hearts. Awesome. I love that idea. Um, yeah, again, reiterating what I've already said, I think that the movie is incredibly entertaining. It's it's lots of fun. It's a mix between a World War One meets espionage movie uh anchored by some really great actors um narrative choices like i said some of them had me scratching my head um but i think again that that's passable for the sort of entertaining story that that this movie was i'm gonna give it a 3.7 out of five purple hearts um because again i think some of those narrative choices I think that kind of makes it takes away from what was already a really interesting story. And I do think that they could have explored a little bit more with the characters that surrounded. Uh, inevitably, if we do get a second part of this story, we should see more of them. So uh, very nice. Yeah, I think what this movie does so well is it manages to at the same time fit its way into the established Kingsman universe but is also so different from the other two movies that it has its own personality and its own sort of feel that's very separate from the other two movies. And for the first 30 minutes, the movie has to set this new identity up. And as a result, it's a bit clunky and it struggles to sort of get moving. But once it does, once we pass a certain point in the movie, it's balls to the wall, fun, action, excitement, uh, if you're afraid of heights, uh, you're going to be queasy at parts in this movie because I felt my stomach drop a few times. Uh, you mentioned earlier just uh, some incredible shots. Matthew Vaughn just has a, a real flair to to bring a real originality to the look of some of his action and shots that that really uh, help to make the action and, and uh, you know things going on the screen stand out and, and really uh, resonate with an audience. And so... I think we get some of the best acting that we've had in the Kingsman series, and that's saying a lot given, you know, some of the the, the talented actors that that were in the the other two movies. Uh, but I think what this really does is establish this new universe that I want to explore with these characters wow. moving forward. And so I'm I'm shocked to to say that I I can't wait for the second prequel uh, in this <laughs> series. That is that is absolutely bizarre for me. Uh, and so with that said, I'm going to give this a solid 3.9 out of 5 Purple Hearts. Well, there you have it, our spoiler-free quick-fire review for The Kingsman. Once again, the movie hits theaters on December 22nd. Thanks for tuning in wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and leave us five stars, because unlike Sam Jackson's weird lisp in the original Kingsman movie, you know we sound good. Uh, we'd also love... 
uh, we'd also love to know if you're excited for another entry in the Kingsman series uh, with an, an entirely new cast. You can let us know at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. And in case that's not snazzy enough for you, you can also hit us up on Twitter at GeekcentricYT and on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. As always, we have plenty of awesome content to check out. Currently, we have our Watch Club for the fourth episode of the Disney Plus series, Hawkeye. We also have part one of our Spidey Rewatch series. Plus, we'll have many more shows coming your way this week, including part two of our Spidey Rewatch and our next entry in the Watch Club series. Be sure to look those up wherever you get your pod on. Justin, thanks so much for joining me, and thanks to all of you for tuning in. Until next time, keep it geeky. Peace!